the disciples who already, they already have enough faith in Jesus to have left their work and their families behind. That's how much faith they already have. They now come to Jesus with a demand, with a plea, a request. Increase our faith. And Jesus responds quickly. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. I don't know much about mulberry trees or any trees for that matter, not a tree expert, but I do have a pretty good idea that mulberry trees do not thrive in the sea. Out of curiosity, and just to be completely sure we weren't missing a crucial detail here, I did some cursory research on mulberry trees. And I discovered that there are three main kinds, kinds, if that's even the correct word for it, those that produce red, black, and white mulberries. And some mulberry trees don't actually produce edible berries at all. Instead, their main product is shade from the sun. Since mulberry trees grow best in sunny climates, acting as a solar shield for the people of the region is a very helpful characteristic. And as I suspected, mulberry trees do not thrive in the middle of large bodies of water, such as the sea. Whenever this biblical text is preached, the focus tends to be on faith and what it means to have faith and how to get more faith. And we are not going down that road this Sunday because we don't want any mulberry trees to wind up in the sea. Why does Jesus use this mulberry tree as an example? Is it just random? Maybe not. Maybe the disciples aren't capable of handling more faith. Maybe if they had more faith, instead of humbly healing people, feeding the hungry, comforting the sorrowful, and working to free the oppressed, maybe the disciples would decide that they knew best how to manage God's creation, and it would not end well. Trees don't belong in the sea. We look at this text, and our immediate tendency, where we go right away, is to examine our own faith under a microscope, like the faith of the disciples. And we find that, in our minds at least, our faith falls short. We, too, can't pray and believe and get what we want when we want it. Perhaps we have only a little faith, too. And thank God for that. Bigger isn't always better. More power isn't the answer. 
Because we, like the disciples, I, don't know how to handle it. Jesus rejected power. When the devil offered it to Jesus and said, you can do all of these things, Jesus said no. His greatest victory came through laying aside his power, reaching that lowest moment in his faith, where Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then, then God can do the greatest work when our faith is little and humble and we are broken. You may have heard about the biography of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. It was published about 10 years ago in 2009, and it was called Come Be My Light. And this biography made the cover of Time magazine not because of any new information, miraculous information about this saintly woman, but rather because of the exact opposite. The startling revelation that Mother Teresa, for 50 years after starting her ministry to the poor and destitute of India, for 50 years she felt as if Jesus was completely absent from her life. Here's what Mother Teresa said, an excerpt from that Time article. That perceived absence of Jesus seems to have started at almost precisely the time Teresa began tending the poor and dying in Calcutta. And, except for a five-week break in 1959, it never abated. Although perpetually cheery in public, the Teresa of the letters she wrote lived in a state of deep and abiding spiritual pain. In more than 40 communications, many of which have never before been published, she bemoans the dryness, the darkness, the loneliness, and the torture she is undergoing. She compares the experience to hell, and at one point, Mother Teresa says it has driven her to doubt the existence of heaven and even of God. And she is acutely aware of the discrepancy between her inner state and her public demeanor. The smile, she writes, is a mask or a cloak that covers everything. Similarly, she wonders whether she is engaged in verbal deception. Mother Teresa says, I spoke as if my very heart was in love with God, tender, personal love, she remarks to an advisor. If you were there, you would have said, what hypocrisy. The Reverend James Martin, an editor at the Jesuit magazine America and the author of My Life with the Saints, a book that dealt with far briefer reports in 2003 of Teresa's doubts reported, I've never read a saint's life where the saint has such an intense spiritual darkness. No one knew that she was tormented. People are simply amazed that Mother Teresa, of all people, would be able to do her tremendous ministry in the face of such doubting and darkness. 
perhaps it was the doubting and the darkness that allowed her to be the minister that she was. A little faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. A little faith that struggles. A faith that doubts and wonders and throws up its hands in desperation. Perhaps that is the faith we need to do the work that God has for us. And when we are done, we have done all that we were called to do. Consider the final part of our gospel lesson today, which might seem to be on a different topic, but it's not. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you rather not say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink, and later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, we also, when we have done all that we were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Perhaps a smaller-than-mustard-sized seed faith is enough. Perhaps we do not need perfect table manners and the clothes and accessories required to sit at the table with the master. We don't belong and wouldn't be comfortable at that particular table. Perhaps all we really need to do is serve, humbly, doing only what we ought to do. There is no need to worry about our faith, to increase our faith. We have been given, through the grace of God and the gift of the Holy Spirit, all the faith we need. Let us instead strive for the greater gifts, the capacity to love without boundaries, to forgive without judgment, and to serve without the expectation of anything in return. Amen.